Hey, this is Rob Heffley with Forge by Fire today. I have some special friends here. We're at Frontier Camp in somewhere nowhere, Texas. BFE, so I'd probably call it because I haven't had phone service in four days. But it's an amazing, <laughs> beautiful camp that, man, I'm having a blast. That's huge. Really cool place. And uh, might bring my kids down here sometime. But uh, I've got some special guests that help start Man Alive Expedition. You guys have heard me and Ryan talk about this place, or Man Alive, actually. And this is our first Texas one we did. We just, like, launched it. It's been a great success so far. But I wanted to invite my guy, friends here that started Man Alive Expedition in Arkansas. These guys came down here 10 years ago. And I want to first introduce themselves. I'm going to start off with Mr. Joshua. Hey, my name is Joshua Kaler. And next is Garrett. I'm Garrett Garrettson. I'm uh, from Prosper, Texas. So. Oh, you know where we're from? Next to my left is John. Hi, I'm John Pulley, and next is Daryl. <laughs> That's great. I'm Daryl Amy. I live in Conway, Arkansas. Such a good place. I'm Brian Henry. I also live in Conway, Arkansas. Well, right now we have a couple guys jacking with the recording here, so it's okay. Yeah, you guys are good. really quiet and really good at this so far. You're professionals. We're, having, oh, we're total pros. Yeah, definitely professionals. But, you know, the Man Alive Expedition is something that really changed my life about four and a half years ago. Uh, it came and uh, kind of wrecked my life as a Christian. I found some guys that I really found community with and went home and tried to change my wife, you know, about running my marriage, but, you know, it's gotten better since. And but what happened was it really changed me and challenged me to be a man. And uh, it's based on Wild at Heart uh, and John Eldridge's uh, book and his boot camp, but it's, ours is a little bit different, uh, a lot different, I feel like. But uh, I'm excited to just like, you know, kind of share about their story because they came down here 10 years ago to Frontier Camp and, uh, them and uh, Mr. Daryl Fitz was the other guy with you. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Sorry, Fitz. I will pour some out for you later. I got the 40 in the <laughs> truck. But uh, I wish you were here. But we have you guys here came here to this camp, then went and had a fire. And I'll let you tell the story. Uh, who wants to go and tell me their version of it? Well, I think the funny part to start off is how we all got here because <laughs> yeah. none of us wanted to come down to the, the, this camp. But. Oh, no. uh, you know, Daryl had gone to a camp over in Colorado and uh, at actually one of John Eldridge's actual boot camps and came back on fire so much. And we happened to be in a little small group with church. And uh, he's like, man, you got to go to this thing. And I totally flipped out. I'm like, I'm not going any, you know, hooting anything out in the middle of the, <laughs> in the, of the woods. And uh, I think it didn't help that he showed us the John Eldridge video. Oh, that first one was, was horrible. But <laughs> John, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, but that yes, was pretty. We love you, John. Cut up, but we but love the, you, John. Now, you know what? Though, I, for me, it was it was um, I experienced such an incredible shift in my heart um, that weekend, and I knew uh, at the end of it that I couldn't do life alone anymore. That it wasn't going to work. The problem was, up until that point in my life, I was a total lone ranger. So um, I pushed, pulled, and dragged. Uh, anyone who would who would show Kidnapped. up, and uh, little did I know these guys would uh, become my best friends in the world and and true brothers. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to show up. I, he, kept, he was like, "You're going to this thing," and it was like, "You ever seen that that, that that video clip on Ferris Bueller when you know the the principal's getting the call and the little lights flashing?" It was like, every time Daryl's calling, I'm like, "I'm not answering. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I know he's going to ask me. I'm not going. Not going." Yeah, yeah. I was I definitely just. 
I didn't decide to go until the last minute, literally. Mm-hmm. You know, usually at, at things like this, you have a deadline you're supposed to meet to get early bird pricing and stuff like that. And I texted Daryl at 6.30 in the morning the day of he was leaving. And I was like, hey, I'm supposed to go to this thing, whatever it is, this thing you're talking about. And so changed my life. I'm glad I made yeah. that decision. But I think I was the last one to sign up for this one, too. Well, it's because I was forced to. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was yeah. working for Daryl at the time, and he's like, yeah, Paulie calls me on the Sunday from Wild at Heart, and, and Daryl's a pretty emphatic guy anyway, and he calls me. I could tell something had gone. He's like, I thought I was going to have to wait until March to bring you back down here, but now I just met these guys at the airport, and they were great, and they could do one in Texas in three weeks, and you got to go. And at this point, I'm like, I don't really care to go to the middle of the woods with a bunch of Christian men. I'm out on that. <laughs> so I made every excuse like a Daryl. I, I I hadn't sold enough. I, I can't take the days off. He's like, oh, no, no, it's, it's, you know, it's my camp. It's my, or it's my company. I, those are not company holidays. <laughs> right. yeah. So me and Gary are actually in Daryl's kitchen, and we're, we pulled ourselves over to the side, and we're like, I, I don't want to go to this thing. Do you want to go to this thing? He goes, no, man, I don't want to go to this. It's like, well, you know, I don't have the money anyway. That's fine. And it's like, so we, neither of us can really afford to do it, so let's not, let's not do it right now. But I think the reason we all actually wound up going, I mean, because flat out we're men, we could have just walked away. But I think there's right. an internal draw to something, a greater calling of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. uh, you know, about, about life. We, we, there was something greater calling us to, to adventure, to do something with our lives besides the mundane day-to-day, check the boxes and be a good husband, mm-hmm. even though we really weren't being good husbands at the time, so... Yeah, and it wasn't just because Daryl was excited about it. Yeah. There was something we heard in his voice. Something I heard right. in his voice. There's something different. Mm. Yeah. Something's going on. Yeah. So you guys got down here. After you got down here, what happened? <laughs> oh, man. Wow. You know, it was, it was really incredible because um, what we saw was a 100% success rate. And what I mean by that is a God showed up for every single guy. And... Um, you know, I, personally, I was wondering, you know, is this something that I experienced that was, you know, it, was it just me? And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm watching this happen um, for, for six other guys that, you know, up until this point, I, I knew casually, but I'm seeing, seeing God show up um, for these guys. I'm beginning to realize that, you know, what happened inside me was, it was real. I don't know what order it went in. You guys probably can correct me on that. But I think there was two things that really affected it. It was when I, the first time I ever heard the Lord's voice audibly in my life down here. Mm-hmm. But I don't, can't remember if it was us going to the fire first. Because at one point during the camp, we decided to go out as a, as a group and just have a, a fire and just sit around at night and talk. And uh, John was the courageous one and the first one to stand up and said, okay, well, while we're here, I'm just going to go ahead and tell my story about, you know, what, who I am and what's happened in my life. And yeah. to see him be so brutally raw uh, was something that I, me as a man, I'm just, I wasn't used to that because I was used to guys just sports talk and what's going on and girls and stuff like that. And he was, he was coming out from such a level of honesty that you're like almost shocked. And uh, that just started a chain of events that we just, we couldn't leave a man hanging. I mean, he was exposed. He was vulnerable. He told us all about, you know, who he was, you naturally just had to respond and do the same thing. And once we did that, just there was such a bond and a relief. It was like weight coming off of me, uh, mm. all this layers of being somebody yeah. who I really wasn't just was removed. So I think that's yeah. the biggest for me. 
Well, I think it was so cool that John did that because uh, his best friend was there. <laughs> and he really put it on the line. And then um, I was there. And he was kind of a mentor for me before he kind of fell out of the picture. And it's I hadn't seen him in a couple of years before we got up here at this boot camp because he had moved. And, uh, and it took a lot of courage because I know it wasn't easy because I didn't know what was going on. It was probably easier with the guys you didn't know. But... No. No? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was... I mean, I, I had seen something in Daryl, and I'd known Daryl for so long that I knew something was different about him, so I was willing to give it a shot. And the more I saw that... The more I saw as I got into my heart instead of hiding it, the more I was like, I want this to be real. Yeah. And I was kind of at a place where... I was at a last-ditch effort with God in general. Like, I had prayed for three weeks leading up to the camp. If you don't talk to me, God, I'm done, right? I'm just done. And I think that when I shared that, I was absolutely terrified when I did. I was terrified to share that, even though I could be, just because you talk a lot doesn't mean you're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I put myself out there just terrified. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if everybody was going to hate me, or I just I didn't know, so... Yeah, it was, it was, and it was interesting having you there, Joshua, and having Daryl, you know, my best friend there. It was, uh, it was great. It worked out well. But what's amazing was seeing every man then, right? All you guys did. You backed it up and you shared. Yeah, something, something. I think what I learned that weekend 10 years ago was something incredible, uh, incredibly powerful opens up when a man gets honest uh, with another, you know, group mm-hmm. of guys that he's close with, has a bond of trust with, um, Pulley's vulnerability in that moment to share his story, open up the freedom for me to share things that I'd never shared with anyone before in my life. And, you know, I don't know by two thirty that morning, um, you know, as we're stumbling through a dark field to get back to our cabin, um, what, what had happened was I went, you know, from not having, really any close friends to having a group of guys that it was, it was like a band of brothers just formed. Um, almost, yeah, almost definitely. And, and it all happened out of, out of um, vulnerability, you know, just being in a raw, honest place and having the courage to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to share this, not with everybody, but I'm going to share this with these guys because mm-hmm. uh, I think I can trust him. And I've actually learned that I can trust them. <laughs> yeah, I think what got me to go really was just, I was at a point in my life where my Christianity had probably stalled out, and I, I kept thinking, there's got to be more. Mm-hmm. There's got to be more to this than just, mm-hmm. you know, going to church and being nice and, and all the things that I just felt really, I don't know, almost let down. And the excitement, I think, in Daryl, it did appeal to me because I was like, oh, maybe he's found something. Maybe there is something different. And I, I was 40 at the time. And um, yeah, I think probably a lot of guys go through that about that age. And then when we got down here and then we were able to start hearing each other's stories, for me, it was like, finally, I get to talk about things maybe that I probably should have talked about a long time ago. Yeah. And, and maybe God can do something with it. But I, I thought that I was coming just to see God and hear God, so I thought it would be a lot of note-taking and things like that. But really where God worked was 
in moments outside of the sessions and in through these guys. I think what's, what's great about it too is that you think in your world that you're isolated, you're by yourself, and but you come down and you're like, hey, other people are messed up too. Right, <laughs> we're all screwed up. We're all, we're all messed up. So it was actually cool. One of the things what I'm hearing right now is like how it feels to be really heard mm-hmm. and seen yeah. and not dismissed. Yeah. Yes. And I think as men, we a lot of times don't hear people. We don't see them, and we dismiss them. What did you say, Rob? We shut up. But that, that part, that part in life, I'm, I'm like a professional at that with my wife. You know, like what'd you say? What'd you do? You know, I don't see you, but those things. But I think when we finally feel that, and it's returned reciprocal, I think those relationships are bonded. It makes an amazing thing because, like, hey, I know, I know their story. I know who they are. I'm not judging them anymore. And I think the power in that, which which is amazing to see you guys do that. Can I, can I tell you next, what happened? You guys you left Texas and decided to come to Arkansas and do this in Arkansas. What, what made you guys do that? Well, here's, here's what happened. Um, that, that night, that next day after the, the fire, we, we looked at each other and we said, we're not going to do life alone. Like, we're not going to let go of this. We're going to fight for this. So... Really, all that happened is is we went back home and said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do life together. We set up uh, some type of instant chat thing, or we could stay in touch throughout the day. Um, we started, um, you know, engaging with each other on literally a, a daily basis, um, sharing each other's lives, getting to know each other. We got together once a week. <laughs> this is the funniest thing. I think this is a, a sign of commitment. You know, a bunch of six guys i mean how do you get six guys together the only time we could find was 10:30 on saturday nights so for a long time we got together at 10:30 on saturday nights we figured out that a fire worked well for us so we lit a fire at 10:30 on saturday nights we sat out in the snow we sat out in the rain but um over an ex- you know over that commitment of saying we're going to stay in touch with each other and uh and we're going to get together um, that's really where this was birthed. It, it, it happened over a period of time. And I think at some point, uh, we all looked at each other and said, um, we, can't, we can't keep this to ourselves. We can't be the only guys that know about this. Well, I think there's another component to it, though, is what we discovered as we did meet with each other and we messaged each other on the message board is that we were really able to start to dive in together to ask some questions, whether it be about spirituality, whether it be about manhood, whether it be about whatever that we were going through and talking about, that we started getting some answers, I think, on some questions that we had as men about life mm-hmm. and about God yeah. and about relationships. And when you start getting those kind of answers, you can't keep it to yourself. Right. You know? And I think that's, that was the kindling, so to speak, I think for us is like, you know, we committed to this, but we started, we needed something else in our lives, all of us did. And so we knew that, well, maybe some other guys would need that too. Yeah. We had to break a stereotype, I think, initially too, because yeah. I think stereotype is guys don't communicate. You know, they don't get brutally honest with each other and they don't, you know, reach out and say, oh, I'm having a bad day or, or this right. is an argument I got in with my wife. And, but we broke through that and pushed through it because it was that important to us to, to say, okay, and it's going to be difficult. It's going to be unusual. But we've got to get in the practice and the habit of, of doing that. And, you know, we talked about setting up a, a communication board. I mean, that was back before they had all this group me stuff. That, and, so you guys like writing letters to each other? Yeah, it was cool. But what, and what, lost letters. But we did like, 
I think it was first year we had like 380 something pages a, of, yeah, of back and forth conversations yep. to, yeah. to each other, yep. um, which is, you know, that's a lot for guys to reach out like. Here's the next question. What did your wives think about this? Because I think that's another thing that it's really new, changing, like not communicating at all to these guys I hang out with every Saturday night and we talk constantly on uh, your facts and her messaging or whatever you're doing. I think initially my wife was very skeptical mm-hmm. because yeah. she was like, well, what are you talking about? What are you telling them? <laughs> yeah. That kind of thing. Because we have a very strict confidentiality rule that what we say to each other, we don't tell anybody, even our wives. We do not tell them. And so she was very, very uh, concerned <laughs> that, you know, what I was talking about her um, to my, my brothers. And when she started to begin to see the changes in me yeah, and oh, he is different, and uh-huh. he is acting different, and there was something different about me, then then it was like, well, yeah, you're going to meet with those guys. Yeah. Get out of the house. But, <laughs> but initially, it was a little skepticism. Yeah, prove it to me. She's like, 1030, Saturday night, I can take a bath, drink wine. <laughs> yeah, I will. I, Kids you know, are big. Rob, I don't know if, if uh, many women listen to Fortune Fire or not, but uh, what, I, what I would say is, you know, there was, I mean, in all of us, there was a massive shift from being a Lone Ranger to um, living life in community with other men, and that was um, it was a big shift, right? And um, so there was there was a part of it, I think, in in a lot of our wives, it was like, yeah, that's awesome. And then another part there was that was like Brian said, a little bit nervous um, about well, what's what's this all about, and where do I fit in this picture? Um, but I think that um, you know the. <laughs> overwhelming uh, response now is like Brian said is go, please go be with your guys um, because you know because we um, we we call each other out on stuff and um, and that's been extremely valuable I say something to that I think when we say call each other out on stuff I think people go to a can go to a weird place with that yeah like oh your accountability well you did this and da, 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 da. No, I mean, like, I, I, I always like to give this example of kind of how the conversation goes. There'll be a guy that is frustrated. They're frustrated with what's going on at home, or they're frustrated with something their wife has said, and they go through that, and they'll tell their story, and without fail, every single time, we say, one, one of us will say, hey, I'm sorry that's happening to you. Now, how are you going to love your wife this week? Right? right. And we, it always pulls it back to not anyone else, but what can you do how can you walk out what we're trying to do in real life and reality? How can you do that in your life? What was our famous phrase? We always just say, if somebody said, you know, this is going on. So how's that working how's for that you? Working for you? <laughs> <laughs> how's that working for you? Hey, so. Dr. Phil here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Rob, I, I, I really, uh, this may be going off track for a minute, but I think this is really critical. As men, we talk a lot about accountability. We need accountability with each other. You need to hold each other accountable. And my personal opinion that I've, I've come to to really firmly believe is accountability is bullshit. Yeah. I mean, seriously, if you think about it, if I come to a, a group of guys and say, I'm going to hold myself accountable, I'm going to do that until I don't want to be accountable anymore. Mm-hmm. And then, right. you know, I either back off from the group or I just fake it. We're all good at faking it. But what I found with this, this band of brothers, since um, we committed to start doing life together and we actually know each other's stories, like I'm talking intimate details of each other's lives that we've shared in confidence with each other. I don't need to be accountable to these guys because number one, um, they know if I'm not around, (laughs) they'll hunt me down. Number two is when I am around them, 
I don't have to tell them I'm doing poorly. They can see it in my face, you know, and, and that part of it to me has been, you know, brotherhood is way better than accountability. If you have to have accountability, I guess that's great. But if you can find brotherhood. Yeah. Me and Ryan talked that about a lot about relationship because in true relationship, you can speak truth to each other without, I still love, you know, I love you when I tell you this, that yep. I don't have to sit there and preface it. And, and it's not accountability. Cause like, I can lie to you. You can say, yeah. are you struggling? With that? Nope. <laughs> nope. Can, but if <laughs> I don't good. know you, if I don't have a relationship, I don't right. know if you're lying to me or not. Yeah, accountability can be transactional. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Relational. Oh yeah. I feel like Absolutely. it's not, that's not good. It's not lasting. <laughs> accountability is kind of like a, a cheat day, right? It's like, oh, it sounds great. But then uh, I got to go back to everything else I'm doing. All right. Yeah. I got to go back to the diet. And this is not a diet, right? And this is this is transformation. It's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's a lifestyle. So as we stepped into this, it didn't come about what we're not doing. It became about what we were doing. Right. And how we were, or is each, we were challenging each other to go after God and everything that we were doing. Yep. And it wasn't, it wasn't, oh, tell me what you're doing wrong. Right. It was telling me what's happening and tell me how you're inviting God into that. And how can we help pray for you in that or challenge you in that? It, it was a, it was a paradigm shift. Yeah, it sounds about to say it too. That we always ask each other, you know, what, what, are you, what are you feeling? What are you hearing right now? Because you feel like guys, oh, we're going to talk about feelings. You know, <laughs> uh-huh. that doesn't sound real manly. But but you know what, guys have feelings too, and we need to know what what's going on with each other. And yeah. uh, and what are you hearing? Is, I think is a really important question. One of the things we discovered was, um, and that I've observed and, and learned through this whole process, is most of the things we're bent out of shape and concerned about with as men are actually symptoms, and they're not the root issue. Mm-hmm. And um, what we discovered is the root issue uh, in behind all of these things we struggle to, quote-unquote, hold each other accountable to. The root issue are things that are deep in our hearts. Uh, you know, they're... they're uh, medication for wounds we've taken in life they're um you know they're unresolved things deep inside us so what we uh what we said to each other and this has flowed out through the the events and and all the things we've been able to do with with uh other guys over the last decade is we said you know what we're not we're not going to go after the symptoms let's go after the root issue the symptoms will solve themselves if we can go after the root issue so even, even when a guy is struggling with something, whatever it is, you know, as a group, we've learned that's not, let's go, let's, let's dig deep and let's find out what the root issue is. And, um, you know, let's, 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 uh, let's go there together um, and figure it out, pray about it, um, and, and find some healing and, and restoration in that part. Um, and I think most guys... I watch are chasing after symptoms and after a couple cycles of not having get things not getting better they just go this is ridiculous and they end up giving up and that's a really sad thing so we've we've learned that it's all about the heart and that's so we started going through you know this process and next thing you know um you know we were bringing our friends to similar type events um, around the country in different places, whoever would listen, we'd push, pull, and drag yep. to uh, to Wild at Heart uh, boot camps because we wanted guys to experience the freedom um, and the healing that we'd experience. So, I don't know, a couple years in, 30, 40, 50 guys had been to Wild at Heart boot camps, right? Mm-hmm. 
So then, and I think we can finally get back to your question, Rob, which is <laughs> how did this all come about? I think you asked us that 10 minutes ago. But, uh, 12 and a half, but yeah, it's okay. there you go. If, but who's, who's keeping score? <laughs> it's okay. So that's when we said, okay, you know what? We, we, uh, we've, we've, we're going we're gonna to put this together and we're going to help um, lead other guys into this process of discovering their heart and finding freedom. And so that was... Um, but we tried, to, we tried to go out real quickly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we left the boot camp. We're like, oh, we got to go back and All do right, this. Yeah. And Me you know, a lot and of people were going to get so like, excited and hyped up. Like, what, four months after we left boot camp? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we tried to, but then we got wise counsel to kind of pull back yep. and you know, David really Colborne. do life together first because it is a war. You're stepping into a battle uh, when you go put one of these things on. And, um, you know, we had to know each other well enough that we could weather some storms because it, it, it gets hairy when you're trying to put on one of these things. Yep. Yep. Don't rush the field. I think that, you know, as men, when we see something that is good and helps us, there's a good part of our heart that immediately wants to go out and go, okay, let's tell the entire world about this thing that we took notes on. Um, but there's a difference between taking notes and actually living something. Yeah. So, um, you know, a couple years in, um, after these guys carried me through a divorce, we carried another one of our guys through a failed business. We carried another guy through some deep addiction issues. I mean, after like going through some really, really tough things together, um, then, you know, it was, uh, you talk about forged by fire, the fire of life forged this group together. And it was that point, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, that we, we felt like we were ready to go out and um, join some other guys and help share this message. Yeah. And, we, and, and we called our, our meetings the fire. We called it the fire. Yeah. And if you, if, if you don't need the fire, the fire needs you. And in essence, if you don't feel like you need to be, here, be there, your brother needs you to be there because you might have something for him or he might have something for you. Yeah. We still call it the fire. We don't burn things very often anymore. But... I think some guys, you know, we, um, we light a candle. Well, we go, you know, life, life, I, I think this is my posture for most of my life was, you know, my life's going pretty well. I mean, I've got some buddies, I've got some associates, but I really don't need close friends right now. The problem is, um, you never know when, when like your life's going to take a turn. Um, I had no idea that, you know, within six months of, of all of this beginning that I was going to find myself in, one of the darkest valleys of my life. Well, guess what? When you're in the valley, it's kind of late, too late to begin to form those relationships. Um, I'm not saying you can't, but it was, you know, for me being able to walk into that dark season of my life and have a group of guys that knew me inside out that were able to carry me through that season was incredibly, incredibly valuable. What's... um I, like you said, I think that part right there is having before preparation, having a friend. And it's kind of one of the, you know, the cool things was like me and like I said, me and Ryan met at a Man Alive expedition almost three years ago. And I was like, you know, looking across the table, this Thanos looking dude who <laughs> bowed up. And he, uh, he was just, I mean, it was like one of those things I was like, it was just, I was like, he's a teddy bear. I knew it was like the same thing with Deweese. I was like, just teddy bear. You know, you can see these guys are scary as I'll get out, you know, but they're just really teddy bears inside. You know, I just want to be hugged. And uh, I make Ron hug me and tell him I love him all the time. Makes him mad. But, <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. And, but, you know, those things, I think that right there is like, 
when you need it, if you don't already, I think you need to make deposits in life before for having friendship. And I think some people, guys, when they leave high school, they quit having friends. Then if they get married, they really don't have any friends anymore. Sometimes it's kind of like they have coworkers and they have people at church that they don't tell anything to because they cannot let them know who they really are. Yeah, and I think it's, uh, a lot of it's cultural in that, you know, so much of our culture is about achieving and looking good and doing those kinds of things. And then, you know, something happens when you get married and you get in the in the workforce and it's all about performance and, and doing those kinds of things to make yourself look good. And when that's the mindset, you know, you don't even think about something bad could happen or that you need people in your corner when something goes wrong because our culture teaches us that, well, you need to do it on your own. You're a, a self-made man. You're independent. You, can, you need to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. And if you talk to anybody that's successful, they'll tell you they didn't do it on their own. But for some reason in our culture, we still say and we still revere the self-made man kind of image and this independence that it's really just not realistic um, that you can even do life that way and be successful yet we still talk about it like it is. Here's a, you know, kind of like piggybacking off that. I know kind of Tom's kind of a deal today, but um, how many boot camps have you guys done in Arkansas? We've lost count. I, we've been doing them since 2011, a couple times a year, so you can do the math. On that. Garrett looks like Mr. T over here with his dog tags on. <laughs> camp, you know? yeah. I got one for every boot camp. Yeah, I, I, I think we're in 13 or 14, 14 16. 15, I don't know. I said, but yeah, you know, I like, say 14 or so because it's say celebrated what? 10. Yeah, I guess about yeah. three or four. This is how many this men is do you think? 14. How many men, I mean, just a guess, do you think you've been through? Yeah, it's, it's with uh, this now camp, probably probably over seven hundred over seven hundred guys now. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, I want to really pause for a second because you guys don't realize seven hundred men have been through something. So I think it's life changing, <laughs> and uh, generationally, um, my son is going to be a different person because of being alive. My grandkids, my daughter. I'm probably going to probably never get married so I'll probably kill every guy that comes after but um, generationally the shift that took place and even what's cool now is to a new state you know launching kind of relaunching launching here um, I think that's just a big deal that it's beyond what even what you guys have you know and the stuff that's kind of branched out and it's just a big deal I want to say thank you to each one of you for being brave and uh, and starting this because you know not just changing my life uh I've met some of my best friends, and a lot of times I get I get crap because like people are like why do you go to Conway so much? And I was like, well, most of my friends live there, <laughs> and uh, uh, just uh, that has been a big deal in my family. Definitely different. My wife, um, I probably wouldn't be married right now if it wasn't for Man Alive, honestly. Um, and uh, I say that because I mean I've been to a ton of counseling. I've said I have a master's degree uh, in counseling. I have, you know, all this stuff that I feel like Man Alive has just equipped and helped me. And, you know, just the, the, the people and the quality of people. And, and what I love about it, too, it's so diverse. Um, I wouldn't be friends with 97% of the people there. But yeah. the God brings the people I need in my life to speak into my life. And the friendships are so much richer. And uh, seeing the things that I need and just having those guys and being a part of something. It's, really, it's been fun for me. And uh, uh, before well, on we that, I would say, Rob, on that note, though, I mean, we could put everything on, but if you didn't attend, if you didn't have the courage and the vulnerability, allow yourself to be vulnerable to show up and, and really put your time into this and really walk this out, I mean, that, that's where the difference makes. I mean, we can talk about it all day long, but 
Yeah. We need somebody who's willing to, to follow that core desire that we had earlier uh, at the same time. One of the big things, I, I mean, I talk about this a lot because I like to, uh, I'm really big about sharing stuff instead of just selling it. If I really believe in something, I want my friends to be a part of yeah. it. Yeah. And I really want, you know, sit there like and like that part. A good beer. Yeah. <laughs> Guns, all that stuff. You know, I was like, last time I had eight friends coming, it's like I'd been inviting most of them the whole time and finally kind of converted together. And uh, those friends, you know, those friends, because you want them to experience what you had. You want you want to give it to somebody. That's one of the listeners. Um, you guys, especially, to me, if you're male and have a heartbeat, you know, over 18, <laughs> yeah. you, you need to be here. I, really, I mean, I really yeah. believe that without a doubt because we have every, every on the spectrum of every kind of person, every kind of guy from the introvert to the extrovert to the really inappropriate people like me to, you know, the people <laughs> they barely let in. And, but, you know, so, I know. But, <laughs> sit there, but we have, it, I think it's just, it's just a unique thing and a, it's kind of hard to even really explain because it's so experiential and mm-hmm. it's like I said, it's changed my life, but uh, I want to ask each of you just to say one thing you would say, what has it done for you? Like in a simple, I guess, paragraph, I wouldn't say sentence cause I'm starting you, Joshua. Okay. That's, that's good. Uh, thanks for me. It was the belief that, uh, authenticity and, and real relationship was possible with other men. Um, uh, my whole life, my, my dad loved me, but he was always very busy and, uh, my relationship with my brother's was not very good and uh, I got bullied and messed with and picked on a lot in high school and I just didn't feel like people cared and it was unreal when I got to know these guys and um, the, the other thing is like you were talking about earlier it's so diverse you know I couldn't pick these guys out of a hat if I tried to I mean it was just like God put the perfect group together but we're all very different. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew a couple of the guys. I didn't know Garrett from Adam, really. He just was in my small group. Never even met Brian or Daryl Fitz before. So I didn't know Pulley. Yeah, so God just kind of brought us together. But it was real. And um, I didn't think that was possible. I didn't think men could care for each other, be real and raw and open with each other, and and love each other the way that we do. And uh, I just didn't think it was a possibility. So that's I think the greatest me. thing for me, what I got out of it is I finally found out who I am. Because if I don't know who I, I, I am, um, who God's called me to be, I, I can't do anything else. It's all going to be lost with any wind that blows. And so I can't, I can't be a husband to my wife. I can't be a father to my kids the way that I've been called to be without knowing who I was. Uh, because it would be fake. And so if I have to say what's the best thing that's come out of a man alive or uh, these boot camps is every time, every time I come back, I learn something about myself that I'm, I hope and pray that my wife would say the same thing and my kids would too, that I, I'm, I'm getting better at being a husband. I'm getting better at being a father. And, you know, I'm trying to change a legacy for my, for my, for my family. So I think for me, it's been, um, I have learned that through this and through these relationships, I have learned that I am absolutely loved and okay as a human being, not for what I've done or not for what I will ever do, but because I am. And that brings about a freedom in my life that I never knew I could experience being accepted and loved in that way allows me to be free to be vulnerable and to share with others and to just to grow in life. And boy, have you walked that out. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Proud of you, man. Uh, 
Uh, man, man Alive uh, has meant so many things for me, but we've talked a lot about brotherhood, but um, the, uh, the real game changer for me was, was learning that um, I am uh, a son. I'm a son of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a father. I have a father who, who loves me. And um, who, as you know, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. I didn't know you could hear the voice of God. Yeah. And um, I discovered that you could do that. It changed everything in my life. Yeah, I, I definitely, there's so many things that I think each of us could talk about it, of what this has meant to us. Uh, certainly hearing from God and being able to do that is a game changer. Um, I think for me, I typically lived um, my life with I guess the deeper things of my life, introverted. I could be very socially extroverted, but as far as anything deep or real in my life, I kept that pretty much hidden uh, because I just, I really bought into the the message that I had to figure it out on my own. And what I got was, what I found through this was by being able to be open and real first with God, with other men that really allowed me to grow in a way that I never knew was possible as, as who I'm created to be. And I just, I didn't see that coming. I, I just, I thought it would be more of an individual thing that, you know, this relationship with God, it's very personal and you don't let anybody in that and that kind of thing. And being able to walk through that kind of thing with other guys, uh, it really was a big game changer for me. It completely changed the way that I view life and the way that I do life. And, um, I'm a completely different person now than I was 10 years ago. Man, thank you guys so much for taking time. I know how this is like thank a you. busy, busy right, man. Like couple of days. And I'm like excited to share this, you know, with some guys. Because I really, you know, we should have something coming up spring maybe, praying about it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the thing we want. I want our listeners, you know, I said if you're male over 18, have a heartbeat, you know, <laughs> kind of mobile. We want you to show up to the next man alive, or, you know, um, get to a boot camp, you know, John Elger, whatever, because I think it's, I really think it's life changing in so many ways. It's, it's changed my life and it still is every day. Today, I mean, I spoke earlier and I cried like a baby, mm. like multiple times. And the same, same thing I've done a couple of times, watch this one, one scene and it still hits me. But it's just, it's a, it's a life changing thing for what's, no matter where you're at in life, I think it's just kind of neat because we had sages last night. How old's Coburn now? Like 78. 78 years old, man. And just listen, to sit around to talk to a 78 year old man that has all kinds of wisdom to me was worth the price of admission. He's still here. working on things. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. He made me feel better about myself. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, but I was like, you, that is just a, just a great thing. But, you know, we got some stuff coming to spring. We'll have dates out soon. And me and Ryan will be talking about it. And I just want to say a big thanks again to you guys and for, for taking time and for, you know, investing in this and sitting there can help change my life. But also, you know, I, I got to be one of my best friend, Ryan Stevens, and um, yeah. he's my, well, I joke, we're like a band of brother, each other. And, <laughs> band of brother. Yeah. Right. We, we bleed on each other and talk, you know, but, uh, and people, I think our wives think we're weird, uh, but they'll get over it. And, Thank you, man. Thank yeah, you for, thanks. for you and Ryan for, uh, you know, allowing us to be here and. You know, for how you walk this thing out, it, it's fuel for my engine, as oh. you know. And uh, uh, this is why we do it, to see guys like you just, you know, make a change for your family and generations behind, behind you, man. So we love you, dude. Love you, too. Love you guys, but this Forged by Fire out. <laughs> <laughs>